0: cash crunched or fed up with your business. If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, but I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's probably something much deeper that you're not likely even aware of yet. It's like a client that comes to you saying that they need a website or Facebook ads, or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus Agency Freedom Session, where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your Agency Freedom Session today. Go to yougurus.com apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners? Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we are hanging out with Jason Van Orden. Jason helps thought leaders to reach larger audiences with their ideas, create new income streams from their expertise, and build business models that align with their values and goals. He's helped launch over 60 online courses, taught over 10,000 entrepreneurs, and has generated seven figures in online course sales and 8 million downloads of his podcast. Jason is on a mission to help visionaries with impactful ideas to connect with the people they serve best and problems they can most uniquely solve. Jason, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks, Brent. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So uh, how did you get into entrepreneurship? Like what made you do this and go out on your own and create a business versus uh, get a job? Yeah. A deep dissatisfaction
1: with employment. That's, that's what it got (laughs) me. So I spent three years as a software engineer and, you know, did did that typical path, but then very quickly figured out, I'm not meant to work for somebody else. And, you know, through reading a variety of books, rich dad, poor dad, and such, I was woken up to the idea of like, Oh, I can be an investor and or business owner. There are other ways to make money in the world. Uh, and it it was a little bit of an interesting circuitous circuitous path. And of course we can always see the breadcrumbs that lead us to where we, we are. Right. Um, and for me, some of those breadcrumbs were... You know, for at first, I dabbled in real estate investing and I had some success there. But at the same time, I was a student of marketing because I had a band and I was really serious about that band. So I was studying like online marketing and direct marketing and and then those two worlds kind of collided when a lot of real estate investors that I associated with were struggling to find buyers and sellers for their deals. And here I had studied, you know, headlines and direct mail and as you know, Dan Kennedy and people like that. So I started consulting people on that and stumbled across this idea eventually in following Dan Kennedy and others of uh, information marketing, packaging up your knowledge as an asset that you can sell over and over again. And I realized that all of these real estate investing (laughs) courses that I was Listening or yeah, listening to off the internet were just these seminars that they had recorded and then packaged up and sold. I'm like, I can do that. So I uh, decided to go ahead and hold my own seminar. This is like 2004. And and this, this is what led me eventually online. And I held this seminar, put 25 people in the room by running a direct mail uh, campaign to about 80 people. Made five thousand dollars in a day, and that was that was it. I was like this. I love teaching. I love helping people in this way. This is actually fulfilling me more than real estate investing. I'm all in on being an information marketer, as they you know called them a lot back then. I, I think we still use that term some today. But uh, you know, after I kind of tapped out in selling this course, which I was literally burning the CDs and like printing out and putting in a three ring binder and sending it, sending in the mail, and I tapped out my immediate network, so I had to go online. And that's where I started learning a lot more about digital marketing in 2004 and 2005. Stumbled across podcasting in early 2005. And it just so happens that one of the shows that I launched became... Or a couple of the shows I launched actually became quite popular and turned into... One of them turned into an online education company for beginning entrepreneurs. Kind of teaching them the ropes of, of how to get started. And that went on for 12, 13 years as a successful business. And then more recently, kind of pivoted and shifted all my experience towards helping existing experts. You know, people are really good at their craft, but they want to reach more people, kind of like you said in, uh, at the beginning there. And so now I share with them these ideas of finding your audience online and best practices for you know, creating new income streams from your knowledge and uh, creating a business model that fits their goals. So that's, you know, there was this kind of like ping ponging path that took me through various things, but uh, you know, each, each you know lesson or each thing kind of led to me to the next uh, stepping stone, so to speak. And that's my online story from the last 15 or so years. Yeah.
0: You mentioned that you were uh, not uh, cut out to work for somebody else or you, you kind of decided that you didn't want to work for somebody else. Like, was there a was there a moment or uh, uh you know an incident that uh made you realize that being a software engineer was not the path that you wanted to take i mean i imagine at some point i always think like there's that thing there's that day that you had to like walk in and say mm. like i'm done with this or uh or or maybe it was you know the job was done with you and then you had to kind of like reimagine like what to do next like, there's always that catalyst nice. moment where somebody goes you know left instead of right um, yeah. Do you do you remember that from when you left the software uh, engineering job? So yeah, I think it was
1: both. There is an incident that comes to mind, and then there's also kind of that slow boil that um, built up over time too. So I, I started that first job as an engineer in t- year uh, in 2000, and. You know, I hadn't just gone and gotten any old engineering job. Like, you know, I mentioned I was a musician and I had a band, and I I very much deliberately tried to cross section those two things so I would supposedly have an employment I enjoyed. And I worked for a company that designed and manufactured, you know, like guitar pedals and and equipment that musicians use. So I thought, this is great. I'm like a guitarist and a musician and an engineer, and I'll I'll be happy doing this. But about a year into that employment, the one thing that happened that really kind of started flipping the switch in my mind was uh, shortly after 9 11 happened. There was a big layoff, and I remember you know my best friend at work sending me a, a message, just probably over AOL Messenger or something at the time, saying I just got laid off. And then suddenly phones started ringing around me, and people started leaving, coming back with boxes and packing up. And I was just sitting there going, "Oh my gosh, what's going on here?" And thankfully, I had just enough seniority to you know stay on board. But that was kind of like, "Wow, okay, I'm really not in control of my." Of my future and my destiny here, and you know, I'd had some incidents with like the president of the company coming, you know, micromanaging things that I was doing and making life miserable for me. I was, this, this, this sucks. And, you know, I think that's what started me reading, you know, books and thinking about, do I want to go get an MBA? Do I want to this or that? But like I said, books like uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad finally opened me up to thinking in different ways than just more education or a different employment. Um, so that slow boil of realizing I wasn't as in control as I'd like to be. And then I'd say, you know, hitting that snooze alarm a lot in the morning for too many days in a row and just like, you know, dragging myself out of bed to go to work. I'm like, okay, this isn't. This is not sustainable for the rest of my life. And uh, it, you know, it took me three years to finally figure out. Okay, I think I know at least direction to go and to to quit my job and uh, go out on my own. But um, yeah, those a couple of incidents and just kind of the the build up of Everything is what me took took me there.
0: Yeah, I imagine right now there are a lot of people that are uh, questioning their business um, or questioning. Their job, or maybe they're in the same boat. Maybe they've been laid off. Maybe they have uh, their fear of getting laid off. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to do a lot of soul searching if they're not already right. with everything that's going on right now in in the world. Now, you sell now. You basically sell the ability. You know, you went from selling information products to kind of helping people to create information products. I think agency owners all are, um, you know, as service professionals, they're they're accumulating. World experience, They're accumulating you know results and, and and getting results for their clients. Many of them are not able to uh, get the most leverage that they might like out of that knowledge. Kind of the the service model is. You know, I need a website. Therefore, if somebody's going to pay me ten thousand dollars. I'm going to build them a website, or they'll, they'll build me a website, and, and that's kind of how agencies for, for a lot of them exist, right? They get paid immediately for their work, uh, which their knowledge is a part of that, but they're not necessarily getting paid for their for their knowledge. So, how do you guys start to think about that with clients that are looking to become a thought leader or take some of their thought leadership capital and package that into something that can be sold? Yeah, this is this is a great question. And I'm I'm glad you, you you brought this up specifically and why I wanted
1: to come talk about agency owners because I think this is something that sometimes gets overlooked because um, you you just get used to feeling like, well, I'm selling my time and my money and you know sure you get more efficient at doing it and maybe come up with systems and hire some people for teams so you can handle more jobs, but there's inherently a bottleneck because of time. So when somebody comes to me and they want to often it is because they want to expand beyond that, they want to untether their income from being so dependent on selling their money, you know, dollars for hours, essentially, in the end. And so what we start looking at is like, okay, well, what, what is a specific piece of... Or you know, some kind of process that you do or some kind of output that you deliver that could be systematized, turned into some kind of process, and then packaged up in a way that you can create an asset that then can be sold you know, to people without requiring your time input. And so where that starts is identifying specifically who they would like to create an offer for and it may be you know exactly the people that are already doing the service for or it could be hey we've got these people that show up and they're not ready to actually hire us or work with us closely maybe we could be selling something to them because these leads are showing up and then they might be ready to work with us after they you know after they take this digital course that we offer so it's kind of figuring out where do you want that to Plug into your business model and who specific, then who specifically are you creating the course for? Getting very um, clear on what the outcome or the results are that that person wants and therefore uh, designing the course to obviously produce that outcome dependably in a way that doesn't require your, your time input and then. Kind of formalizing and systematizing a process that you probably already have for getting people from point A to point B, where they're at now to where they get those outcomes that they that they want from you, that they're looking for, that they're buying into. So once you have that ideal student, their ideal outcome and the process to get them from A to z, and you know when you when you formalize that and you can kind of start turning it into okay, here are the the four milestones, and that can be four modules. you know that starts becoming your curriculum, so to speak. The fourth and final piece is, okay, what's the experience I'm going to wrap around this offering? And that can be everything from you know, I'm going to del- deliver it as digital videos and audios that people can, you know, sign up at 2 a.m. in the morning when I'm sleeping and they're on the other side of the world. Or it can also be kind of a, there's a lot of hybrid ways of delivering it where maybe they still get some access to you as an expert, but in a way that's a lot more leverageable on your time. Like one example of that is I have, I work with a lot of people who sign up for my workshops or courses. And then they get the ability to be able to send me these worksheets and things that they fill out because but because it's a very formalized process, and I know exactly you know they have to do all the thinking ahead and I know exactly what I'm getting and I can batch that together and say go through all these worksheets quickly and give them feedback on the thing that they're figuring out you know that's a lot more efficient for me than actually going and consulting each of those people one on one you know over a phone call in and, and that more nuanced way um, if somebody wants that, you know they can pay the higher fees for that kind of a thing so the you know how's it going to fit into your business model, the ideal student, their ideal outcome, formalizing your process to get them from A to Z in a way that can dependably deliver those results and then wrapping it in the experience of, okay, how are they going to get that information and go th- be guided through that process. And then once you've defined each of those pieces, that's essentially how you come up with some kind of scalable digital offer based on your knowledge and expertise.
0: Yeah. Back when we were running our agency, like maybe in 2009, uh, I came across uh, Jeff Walker's product launch formula. And we, we bought that and kind of started to package our agency's knowledge. It was kind of like our first step into that direction. What, what I found is interesting, and maybe you'll have some thoughts on this, is we, you know, started to, you know, it became successful with that. And after doing that for about three years, I really found I kind of had two businesses there was our agency kind of done for you model of like actually building websites, which is the process of like getting a customer to hire us for marketing or for website design and and actually doing that work, taking them through a process of of building, you know, assets, building collateral, et cetera. You know, that's a very, in my opinion, right? Very different business than scaling up an information products business. Do you find that clients um, are able to, Kind of tack this on to their existing business and, and make it successful? Or do you find that it's actually kind of like its own thing? So that's an interesting thing. I, I,
1: I mean, I want to ask the answer to your question is yes, I do find people integrate the two. Um, where I find that it starts feeling so I'd be curious to know, was it, did you find that you, it, was, it was like two different audiences, two different types of leads that, you know, the one type that was buying the information products, the, the courses, and one, and did you have to market to them very differently? Is that why it felt like?
0: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, scaling up a, a business where you're doing thirty, forty, fifty k, you know, projects, and scaling up a business where you're selling, you know, hundred dollar memberships or two thousand dollar courses. I mean, they're they're fundamentally different customer groups. I mean, that's at least what we found. And the buying process is very different, right? And so, in terms of like, how do you market to somebody who's you know going to buy a course or a program from you versus how do you market to somebody who's going to ultimately you know become a, a, a you know, a client or a retainer with you. I mean, there's, there's different, you know, different, uh, uh, problems. I was just talking about this with one of our guys. He's uh, one of our members. He was, you know, he was selling a course as, as a, as a lead funnel to get clients, uh, but he was getting all these people that showed up that wanted to DIY it. And, you know, none of them had the budget to hire him to actually do the work for right. him. Right. So he was like attracting the DIY audience versus the people that don't want to DIY uh-huh. it. Right. Like I'm not a DIYer. like if I'm going to go hire an agency, I'm going to go, I'm going to go pay 50 grand a year for them to manage my, you know, Facebook ads or whatever. You know, I don't want a course. Uh, and so we found that there was kind of like it's, it's I mean, at least in my experience, I found it's it's two different businesses to scale, you know. And, and we ultimately scaled scaled our info product business. Um, you know, we, we took that road. We sold our agency, and we 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 went all in on the on the information and coaching business. So I I just found like, like, I don't know if there's like a ceiling or like a a spot where you have to like choose like this or that, or if you found that you've had clients that successfully made it like an and, like they scaled up their agency and they scaled up uh, an info uh, product or coaching program.
1: So yeah, that the answer to keeping it all integrated all starts um, at the beginning, you know, kind of that first step I was mentioning is kind of knowing how the business model is all going to snap together. And and even if you do pursue it to try to have it integrated, there absolutely can arrive that point where you might just decide, okay, maybe this is two businesses and, You know, you split them apart in the teams or you sell one or you make a decision at that point. But, you know, a lot of people I I work with, let's take that example of, you know, the guy that wanted to make a course as a customer acquisition play to hopefully then have those people, you know, move up to other working with them in other ways. If that's the, you know, you want that in mind when you create the course and, you know, not knowing more of, of the details. When somebody comes to me and they want to add a course to their business model in that way, then what we want to do is we take You know, we figure out, well, where is that person at who is, you know, starting to consider potentially hiring an agency to help that help them with that thing and maybe what you sell is more of a instead of like oh here's a full-on DIY course it's more like taking a beginning piece of that puzzle and maybe it's like a there's some kind of like self-assessment type course or helping them you know better understand a problem in a certain way but what you want it to do is you want to be very conscious conscious of having that thing tee them up so that by the time they are done with that um, a that you're attracting those people that could potentially become clients and by the time they're going through that thing it really kind of sets them up to go like oh well now I have have this new awareness, and I have this trust in your abilities, and you helped me understand and identify certain problems in my business in a new way, or you know some piece of the puzzle. Now I kind of want to see the rest of the puzzle, or now I want to further that process, or how you take me this new, you know, help me take this new awareness and actually uh, execute on it with your, you know, with your close, with your closer help um, at that point. So. You know, the answer is yes it can integrate but that has to be like kept in mind from the beginning in terms of of you know each of those steps i talked about you know who is it for and the outcome and all those needs to be chosen in such a way that it tees up the right person then to move upwards in whatever your product offering or your value ladder is
0: yeah i think right now the um i mean obviously with covid and you know we're seeing uh, I am seeing businesses that, you know, whether they're losing clients or clients are putting things on pause or they want to, you know, downgrade, right, their their services. I mean, I definitely think information products is a really interesting way to keep people from, you know, totally leaving uh, your ecosystem as an agency that if you can create, you know, help, help them in some kind of done with you or do it yourself kind of model, I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of power to that. Hey, what's up, agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that helps me launch sites fast. If you're looking for a new CMS that can launch sites in half the time as a typical WordPress build, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr, a content management system built for power users and agencies. Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more information at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme setup valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. I get this impression right now from, uh, I mean, there was already a lot of people, I think in this market, but because of what's happening in the world right now, like, are you seeing that, the amount of competition in the amount of people that are launching their own courses? I mean, I imagine the last 45 days has probably gone up dramatically. I mean, in in specific niches like, you know, fitness, for example, like everybody that was a personal trainer, uh, you know, 60 days ago, like now has an online course, right? Whereas before it was maybe like 10% of personal trainers. Now it's like 90%, right? There's a lot of people Mm -hmm. that are launching their own stuff. Uh, I mean, what are you, what are you guys seeing for for your clients and in general for people right now that are getting into this space like for Mm -hmm. the first time? Like this is the first time They've thought, okay, now I'm going to create my course. I mean, is now really the right time for this? Or is it more the people that have already been doing this are finding success?
1: Uh, no, absolutely. I've seen people have success who didn't have digital offerings before, and because of the nature of what's going on right now, because the demand didn't go away for a lot of these a lot of these things, it's just that people's you know one of two things either their needs might have shifted, and so you can shift with those needs and go okay, well, and everybody should be doing that in their business. It's like okay, what are the top of my needs of those people that are my clients and stuff, and how can I? Gear an online course or any of my products and services towards that, but specifically to people who are now launching digital offerings for the first time, it's that the current circumstances have changed how people want to, or or even can, or able to interface with, you know, use whether it's you know, I mean, fitness is an interesting, you know, yoga and all these things because there are all of these things where people normally would have gone to gyms. Now, obviously, when quarantine opens up, some people are just going to go back to what they were used to, but I do think that uh, you know if you do this in the right way you can come up with offerings that will last past the quarantine and i think it's getting a lot of people more aware of just the idea of consuming services and information and things through a virtual type you know virtual type setting and so i've seen all kinds of interesting offerings and classes adapted to you know come across zoom or whatever the whatever the case may be so You know, obviously it's, we're not that far into this as long, as long as the days may seem right now, we don't want, we're just going to see the end of this. You know, there's not any like hard numbers to point at. And it'll definitely be interesting to see how all of this shifts because of new behaviors that we're just going to become used to. I mean, remote working, I think is going to shift because that's just a lot more people are going to become used to that. So we'll have to see, but both out of necessity right now as a way just to maintain income. So that's something I'm sure a lot of businesses are interested. How do I just stay afloat in the meantime? But also, I think, in a way that it's like at the other end of this, you can have um, some really interesting feedback from from your from your clients and your customers and start serving them in new ways that will Become a, a new income stream, even beyond you know coronavirus and quarantine, and therefore diversify your offerings, and that's just going to strengthen you against um, you know free future downturns. And so, a lot of businesses that have been hit, the ones that I'm seeing doing better, at least in my space, you know, some of them are doing better. Consultants and coaches, it's because they had these other income streams, such as like courses or speakers that had courses, and you know, when their speaking gigs all dried up, they still had something to sell to to people. So that's been a wake-up call for for some people to to explore new avenues of of providing information and, and services to their clientele and customers. Yeah.
0: What, one of the things, uh, and I can't remember if I read it on your website, I mean, you kind of help, you know, quote-unquote thought leaders or influencers to create these digital products. Um, I mean, a lot of uh, agency owners out there, you know, maybe they have a little bit of a list. Maybe they have a little bit of traffic. But I, I see, by and large, you know, a lot of agencies get, you know, 10, 20, 30, Kind of forty maybe regular clients uh-huh. and they might not have a big list or a big audience right like they're really head down doing the work uh, in our industry. We hear all the time people say like you know they're the the the, the cobblers who who have no shoes right they're building shoes right. for everybody else, uh, and they forget to do that for themselves. So when we start talking about um, capturing their, you know, their uh, these these uh, digital assets, right? Creating courses and things like that, and, and I've seen it or people build, you know, they build a course, but they don't have a list, they don't have an audience, right? Uh, I mean, what are the things that somebody should be doing before they ever actually sit down and say, "Yeah, this is going to be right for me"?
1: Yeah, it, it always helps if you have at least some. So I would say there's two different types of people, if I really generalize that come and work with me. And one is kind of what you're describing where they don't have much of a list, but you know, they're really motivated to see if they can figure this out, either because they want to diversify their income or they're like, no, I want to actually be known for something. I don't want to just be another expert out there. I want to be known as, you know, a thought leader on this particular piece in my industry. And so at that point, it is going to be a shift towards Building a platform and building an audience and, and building out a list. But let's just say that it's somebody who they're like, maybe they're, they're like, hey, that'd be nice if that happened, but I would like to just explore having new, um, income streams. Absolutely. It does help if there is at least some kind of database or, or a list. And it doesn't have to be thousands, but, you know, if you have some people you can already on, on LinkedIn or on the email list or, you know, that you, that are hopefully at least, Or a past database of people maybe that didn't quite work out as, um, as clients and customers for whatever reason that you can go to, to at least pilot something new and, and launch to. If you don't have that, then, uh, you know, we'd be starting more from scratch and we definitely need to talk about platform stuff. All of that said, you know, if you've got even a few hundred people in a database or an email list, you know, we, we've put together pilots where, you know, you can make five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars on a pilot course and prove something out and then it works. And then at that point you're like, well, I know I have something that people want to buy. I was able to get a small portion of people who are following me by so now, you know, buy into it. So now you've got that motivation to go, great, now we got to learn how to expand and get more leads in that uh, would be interested in this offering. The ideal, ideal situation is they have some kind of regular lead generation going on and they know that you know there's there's a, a just ample leads coming in. And so they know that there's people that aren't aren't buying, but if something else was given to offer to them that, you know, so you're basically pulling money that's being left, you know, there's money on the table that you're pulling off because there's people on this list that, either because you're maxed out or they didn't have the money or they weren't ready, there's something else that you can offer them. And so at least you're still you know, getting income from those leads that are already coming in. So those are some of the different scenarios that I run into. And so it kind of depends on what your motivation going in. Pull money off the table, elevate yourself as a thought leader, or pilot something to see if you can start a new income stream. And, and that's what's going to determine then what those first steps are that need to be taken.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Jason. Uh, so earlier you mentioned kind of your your step, right? Map out the, the ideal student, the uh, uh, map out your ideal outcome, uh, ideal process, ideal experience that they're going to go through kind of as your key steps that you take people through uh, in this process. So right now we've got all this stuff around COVID. We're seeing, you know, Lots of conversations around the word pivot online. I mean, if you're a thought leader, if you're an agency, I mean, how much should what's happening right now enter into your calculus around what kind of content or outcome that you're creating? I mean, is it that everything needs to be kind of, uh, you know, put through the, the COVID lens and, hey, we're going to help you get through COVID kind of stuff? Or uh, do people, should they still be thinking about the, the core things that maybe they've done for clients for the last like five or 10 years? Like, should everything be about what's happening right now? Or, or should we also be looking at kind of that greater body of work? Well, you know, really,
1: I don't think it's an either or, and, and so here's here's the answer to that question, and I can give you a couple of examples. I, I do think that it's appropriate to pass things through things through a lens of COVID because that's just what's top of mind, and and good marketing and sales, you know, to, to quote a, a very popular copywriter from decades past, always enter the conversation already going on in the mind of the customer, and the conversation for them right now. I mean, it's COVID is impacting everybody's personal and professional and business lives at the moment. So you need to be cognizant of that and your, your messaging needs to recognize that that's going on and know if, you know, the reasons why they're making decisions or, or the things that they're most focused on have shifted so that you can be, you know, putting an offer in front of them that meets those needs. Now, the truth of the matter is it may be the same thing, the core stuff that you already do. So here's an example for my own business. You know, I have a workshop that I walk people for eight weeks through launching a pilot course. And I have my usual messaging that I use for that. You know, all the things we've talked about, untether your time, your, your money from your time and you know, elevate yourself as a thought leader. However, right now, a lot of that messaging is also around, hey, are you looking for some new ways to generate some income? Are you looking for some ways to diversify your income streams? Are you looking for some ways to fortify your business against the future? Because I know that those are things that are on people's minds. So I'm still going to deliver the same workshop But my upfront messaging has shifted to recognize the situation that's going on right now. So really, it's a Venn diagram of the two that I think you're looking for. And that also might mean in your marketing and sales that you need to shift some of that messaging. A lot of my, you know, myself and people I work with, you know, new, uh, new lead magnets, new, new freebies that we're putting out there to get attention and pull people in, uh, are very much addressing. It's like, okay, uh, here's how to fundraise in a COVID world. Here's how to, You know, if you're an artist in isolation right now, here's how to stay sharp as an artist and creative and still connect with others, right? So it's just framing it in that way that's going to be aware because we don't want to come across as like tone deaf and not aware of what our market wants and needs right now.
0: Yeah, it's good good, uh, good insights there and uh, a lot of nuggets, man. I appreciate you coming by and sharing some of this with us on the program today about thinking about how to package that thought leadership, whether now's the right time for your agency, uh, whether this is the right kind of business to uh, add on to your core business and uh, appreciate your insights on that, Jason. Are you ready for our lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. What is the best advice you've ever received?
1: Oh man, there's been, <laughs> there's been so much, you know, as at least as a business person and a marketer and entrepreneur, um, it's that statement that I just said, which wasn't necessarily advice given directly to me, but when I understood it, you know, it's always into the conversation already going on in the mind of the customer. And that is that, you know, empathy is everything. If you can put yourself in the position of the other person and understand their experience and what their pains are and how they describe them and the language they use and what's motivating them then creating value as an entrepreneur, selling value as an entrepreneur becomes a lot easier.
0: Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success?
1: Uh, lately, it's definitely been making sure I still get sleep because it'd be really tempting. And, and, I, and I'd say always, and I, that might just seem so simple, but I know when I get that you know, seven, eight hours of sleep that I need, everything else becomes so much, uh, so much easier. And uh, you know, anxiety doesn't overtake me as easily. My creativity is stronger. So I, I really prioritize that as a habit.
0: Can you share an internet resource, a tool, or app that you use on a regular basis that you think our listeners would find valuable? Uh, yeah, let's see. Well, again, there's a lot of them I could share, but one I was just talking to somebody about this
1: morning is um, LastPass, the password keeper. Um, you know, I could talk about my task manager and all these other things, but uh, LastPass allows me to keep all my. Password secure. Share them easily with people on my team. If one changes, we don't have to like, hey, did that password change? Like, it just syncs for all of us, and um, you know, there's no, there's far less points of vulnerability where somebody could end up getting into your, you know, getting one password and logging into all kinds of stuff and ruining your life, which is not good if that happens. So, big, big fan of good security and LastPass is how I do that. Nice man. What book would you recommend and why? Yeah, one of my favorite books that I recommend quite a bit is um, so there's there's a book called uh, strengths Finder 2.0, and it's actually an assessment. It's a book and an assessment by the Gallup organization. And you you know you read the first couple of chapters, you get a code to go take a 20 minute assessment, and then out of 30 strengths that they've identified, they tell you which five are your dominant ones, and then based on that, you read those five chapters, and they say here are things to avoid, here are things you're good at and should maximize and double down on. And it's such an eye-opener when you actually apply it in your business because you take the assessment, you read it, and you're like, oh, okay, that's why I'm miserable sometimes is I keep trying to force myself to do this thing that I'm actually weak at. And we've kind of been programmed by school system and others sometimes to improve your weaknesses when I think really we should just be identifying and double on, doubling down on our
0: strengths. Awesome. Well, we will include a link out to Strength Finders 2.0, as well as Last Pass and other great takeaways and nuggets from this episode over on our show notes page. If you're on your treadmill or uh, you are, you know, at the home gym or whatever you're doing on quarantine, uh, you can check that out at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's yougurus.com slash podcast. Scroll down to uh, Jason's episode. It should be right up there at the top. If you're listening to this week of click on that guy, and you'll see lots of good notes and takeaways and links out to great stuff. Uh, Jason, how can our folks uh, find out more about you? Is there anything that you have to check that they can check out? Yeah, two things I'd like to mention.
1: Uh, clearly, they're listening to a podcast, so if you enjoy that, I have a podcast of my mo- my own called Impact, which is about growing a thought leadership brand and business. And then, if you're interested in this online course stuff, I have you know case studying more depth. That you can download um, to check through that. If you go to Lean Launch Method dot download, that's the URL. Lean Launch Method dot download, and uh, that'll kind of guide guide you further through some of the stuff we've talked about here on the on the show today.
0: Awesome. We'll also make sure that we have links out to both of those resources, your podcast and the download uh, over on our show notes page, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. uh, And you'll get all those great things. Jason, thanks so much for stopping by the program today. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out today, I wanted to check on your answer to my questions from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out? Cash crunched? Fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead gen problem. Maybe it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or mobile app. But they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success now if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is i want to invite you to apply for a free agency freedom session where you can dig into those underlying issues in your business and get moving like never before the aha moments that you're gonna have will shift the way you think forever and you'll finally get the answer to why your business hasn't taken off the number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your agency freedom session today